And I think that anyone should be doing what they want and truly want to do. And it should never feel like a chore. Mm. Um, I think that is such an important aspect of choosing like what your fitness path is, is if it feels like a chore and you hate it, you're not going to continue doing it. If it's something you truly enjoy doing, I know working out is hard for a lot of people, but finding something that you can at least reflect on that you enjoy like the result of it, or you enjoy the, the aspect of doing a certain type of movement. Finding that is the most important piece because my time is more limited than it used to be. So I, I want to make sure I'm enjoying that hour. Welcome back to the Motives Life podcast. Today we have Corey Lani. Many years ago on the CrossFit scene, a much, much better CrossFit athlete than I was. Uh, 2016 Wadapalooza champion, yes? Team of three, yep. Wow. Who was on your team at that time? Uh, Anthony Vasquez and Trevor James. Trevor. Oh, yeah. And Ant. He's a soccer yep. player, right? Yep. And Trevor was a beast. And uh, former owner of CrossFit Shrewsbury at the time. Now it's complete fitness, fitness solution. solutions. So kept the CFS nice. as we moved locations. Nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, today we, we brought him on because I, I'm in a season the past two years of, um, you know, just self-auditing and, and finding coaches. And he's recently now my uh, my finance, my money coach. There you and go. We, we just got done with, with one of our sessions and uh, taking advantage of this time together just to to chat and talk about our experiences through fitness and his journey uh, from college athletics into CrossFit competitively and into CrossFit as a gym owner. And out of both of those, and now as a recent dad uh, and yep. now pursuing a new profession. So um, there's a lot of value for us to unpack just on many fronts here and kind of just seeing where this conversation goes. Love it. So of course, I, I'm just... I don't even know where you want to start, but I guess let's start with college. Sure. Where'd you go to college, uh, sport you played, and how you kind of transitioned into CrossFit? Yeah, so I went to Merrimack College up in Massachusetts, uh, where I played lacrosse. I fully intended on playing hockey in college. Hockey was my uh, sport growing up, uh, but wanted to go straight to college. And this is the path of hockey. It was kind of some years off, playing in some different leagues, and then hopefully going to an NCAA school. Um, and I kind of decided late that I wanted to play lacrosse. So or I wanted to go straight to college. So lacrosse was my second favorite sport and quickly uh, kind of turned into the number one priority. And I was lucky enough to go to a pretty good, we were division two when I was there, they're division one now, but uh, we were always nationally ranked, always kind of fighting for a national championship. I was able to play for four years. So it was just a really good fit. I loved my team, loved my coach and had a really good, you know, college experience there. I was lucky to be on some really good teams with some really good teammates. Awesome. Same game flow as hockey too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's fast, similar. you know, try to score more than the other person and very quick pace back and forth. So I loved both at very similar parallels. I think a lot of hockey players excel at lacrosse and vice versa. Um, and I loved it. It was a good time. Awesome. What'd you major in? Uh, finance. Oh, yep. So general finance, we had a good business school at Merrimack. I always kind of was attracted to finance and something in that industry. I wasn't sure what exactly. Um, so that was always kind of the end goal, which is funny having the conversation now, but obviously some health and fitness got in the way along the way. Yeah. You taking care of health finance first. Yeah, exactly. Because we, we, we preach sometimes to health as well. So you're just doing a different front. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so now you are here. You are full circle. So so graduate college in 2013 13 and immediately go into CrossFit. We were talking off air prior your mom got you into it. Yeah. So she started probably, I'd say like 2010 ish maybe. And I was in college at the time and I was really into working out, but like your general, you know, bodybuilding splits, like chest day, leg day, arm day, uh, had some kind of training for athletics in there. I'd do like cardio sprints and things like that. But that was my idea of fitness. 
Uh, my mom started CrossFit, was like, you should try this. I was like, no way, it looks stupid. Like, <laughs> I don't wanna go to class, right? Like, my idea of like a class fitness was like someone with a microphone at a boot camp session, and um, I just didn't wanna do that. I bonded my own schedule, I was in college, but I gave it a trot, and I, you know, immediately fell in love with it, you know, and the, you know, as they say, the rest is history. Uh. But uh, I trained um, CrossFit when I was home from school, so like my junior and senior year, like on winter breaks and summer breaks, I'd go to the CrossFit gym, I got my level one, you know, throughout that time, uh, which is actually pretty cool. I went to Chris Spieler's gym out in Utah to do that, which was fun. Nice. But uh, got my level one, became a coach, like fell in love with it. Like I'm watching, you know, CrossFit videos in my dorm room of like Rich Froning doing the open. And my roommate's like, are you watching people work out? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but we got real, like just, you know, fell hard into like loving health, uh, health and fitness. So when I came back from college, I now had like a full-time opportunity to coach uh, so I got right into coaching. I was coaching, I don't know, 20 plus classes a week and I loved it, loved every second of it. And then there was an ownership opportunity about a year later at the gym, which I was able to, you know, luckily take part in. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How, how soon, so you graduate 20, well, you started CrossFit, I'd say like 2011. Yep. I didn't even know it on existed and off, then. On and off. It was like very like sporadic, obviously. And I, I feel as if like thinking back in the timeline of CrossFit, it still wasn't near the boom just yet it was almost some, there almost there yeah i in my mind 2013 yep. 2014 2015 it was like the peak i'd agree on the competitive scene and whatnot and gyms really coming to be and um so you start competing immediately after college yep uh and we we were also speaking as former athletes about how much you know that crossfit provided an outlet immediately after being a competitive athlete for i don't know 15 years, 16 years straight. And you know, nothing other than order routine practice, and then putting that into play on the field or the court or the mat or whatever it was. And you know, for you, it was like an immediate void filler for sure. And so you started competing right away or that yeah, some just time? like local comps. Um, it was very new to me. I didn't know, like, I think it was like the whole local comp scene was new then too. Right. Like no one really knew what was going on. Um, we knew like we weren't games athletes at the time, but we knew that was something that we could, you know, hopefully strive towards. So immediately started competing, uh, was able just to dive into my training, you know, working on weaknesses, you know, everyone has a million weaknesses in the beginning. So your time is very filled, um, but got into competing, loved it, loved the like, adrenaline rush of competing against people. I mean, I competed in class too, right? Like I was always like, well, I want to be that guy and I want to be that girl. And I just got really into it. And then, you know, Luckily, the regionals kind of scene picked up a little bit and we were able to make it to those like next competitive levels, which was fun. Yeah. And <clears throat> would you say, because I want to fast track a little bit here yep. with your CrossFit kind of competition lifespan. So 2016, right? We fast forward to Wadapalooza, yep. my favorite event ever. The uh, best. It was the best and started as, as a local competition and uh, widely like quickly gained wide worldwide attention yeah, it's international like, people are coming yep. from all over the world uh, and my first year going down there as a as an athlete you were on a team that won Wadapalooza yep. and at that time for me as a, a CrossFit fanboy that was competing right you're I'm warming up in the same uh, next to Rich Froning yep crazy you know you're in the division that's competing against Rich Froning and your team beats teams like that and athletes like that and you were mentioning a picture you have you know, yeah, like I, doing muscle-ups with Scott Panchik. Yeah, like, like how cool is that? In front of the Miami Bayfront, like, water. And then you beat him. 
I think that was the next year, but yeah. but the year before we did. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so that's like for you now, you're really starting to hit your stride on the competitive scene. And um, what do you think, I mean, if you could think back to that time, what were you really focused on that time with regards to where you were going with fitness and your profession? You know, is it, were you focused on being a games athlete or was it, I want to be a great gym owner or what? Uh, I think there was some, it was definitely both. It was compartmentalizing both things. I think being a CrossFit competitor is inherently selfish um, in the sense where you have to provide time for yourself over other things. And if you have a million things to work on, like you're telling people that you're working out four hours a day, which sounds crazy to people who aren't competing. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a lot of time spent working out. So definitely inherently selfish and definitely takes away from other parts of your life. Luckily I was a little younger. I didn't own a house yet. I didn't have a, a daughter yet. So that time was there for that, but you had to be really, you know, smart about prioritizing your, your time outside of training. So I was a gym owner and I had responsibilities to do at the gym, to coach classes, to, to build the gym. I think I wanted both, uh, probably equally as bad, but they, you know, and luckily they kind of collided a little bit in the world, like where you're in the gym, but it was not easy for sure. I think anyone who does, you know, full-time jobs and competes at those high levels does it's, it's hard. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of uh, respect for the people who do that. Yeah, for sure. And and even at that time, uh, as CrossFit was coming on, there wasn't much money with her, an opportunity for an, the athlete per yeah. se, right? Like Rich Froning made money. Yeah, I got the, some cases of Fit Aid sent to me and T-shirts <laughs> of like companies you were supporting. But yeah, there was no money in it. Right. For It still isn't really for a lot of the athletes. You have to win right. to, the big stuff to, to be able to make money. Wow. So... When do you think, I know that you, you how many times do you qualify for regionals? That's so we qualified as a team in 2014 and then uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, I qualified as an individual. And then that was when they changed the format um, to like the sanctionals and all that like weird stuff in the middle. And that was kind of the writing on the wall. Like, all right, let's, let's switch it up a little bit. Yeah. I want to, I want to stop for a second because many, many people that listen to our podcast are not as familiar as you and I. We could just talk about CrossFit yeah. and like qual, like you qualifying for regionals that many years in a row as an individual is to me is is so impressive. And like because I know how hard it is to to even get there one time, Crazy. it's insane. Like I when I used to train with Emmy and just to get her there the first time, you so first of all you start with the CrossFit Open. Everyone can apply and, and yep. do the CrossFit Open over five weeks. It used to be, and Initially, it was like the top 40 would go to regionals, right? Yeah, up till 2014. So in the Northeast, if I'm, if I'm saying this correctly, it'd be like 13,000 males or I think, something. I think more. I think probably close to 20,000. And when I was doing it, you had to be in the top 20. Yeah. So 20, out of 20,000 guys that live in the Northeast, if you, were, if you scored in the top 20, you qualified for regionals. And you were able to do that for four consecutive years. Yeah, it was wild. Wild. The amount of... Like, we had really good training partners, like really good group of people that I, to this day, I think if you want to succeed in the sport of CrossFit, you need a group of people to train with because no one can do it alone. Mm, facts. Yeah. And that's why you see a lot of people starting to form camps. Definitely. And they're 100%. all moving to Cookville or wherever they're moving yep. because it's very mentally demanding. It Yeah. And your whole, I mean, especially in that era where it was the open was kind of your gatekeeper into the regionals your whole year of training came down to five weeks of workouts, five workouts. And so the stress that comes around that, am I going to have a bad day? I don't think I'm feeling good today. You know, it, it was insane. 
if you if I had a bad workout on Friday, I mean, I was a miserable person until I redid it on Monday and then I hopefully did better. And, and anyone who's redone open workouts knows it's never easy. Oh my gosh. So the stress alone was horrible, but you know, when you make it, it, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the closest you ever made it to? to I think I had some like 13th, like in that range. Um, that's probably the highest, uh, the year I thought I brought my best fitness and the best like workouts for me was 2017 is when I got hurt. I uh, had an injury on like a ring dip, just kind of like strained my pec muscle. Um, didn't need surgery or anything, but it was enough to, I couldn't continue doing like minimum work for the workouts and I didn't want to make it worse. So that was the year I was like really hopeful that I could have made it. And I think there's a lot of athletes that had similar skill sets to me that w- made it. Um, but unfortunately it didn't happen. But right. you know, the, it's cliche, but like the journey up to regionals was always what was like you remember, like you remember the training, like the, the double sessions, the being at the gym on a Saturday night, like that stuff, like looking back, like it was a lot of time and effort and stress, but like I truly enjoyed it. And I was in my mind, it's kind of like, what else would I have been doing? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't into partying anymore. I I was already all in on fitness. So it was like, I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm assuming that's where you met Claudia. Yep. Your wife. Yep. Through the gym. Wow from training yeah and we trained together and she made regionals three years in a row um her brother who i was my best man at my wedding anthony he made it every year with me we were on the same team in 2014 and we just had a really good crew and it was a lot of fun wow yeah you know it's i not to take this over from you though everyone thinks you know danielle and mike giabella is gonna have some crazy genes you we g is in a run for her money right now because <laughs> <laughs> You know, she's, she, you're not going to find too many babies that are, have a mom and a dad yeah. that are multiple time regional <laughs> qualifiers. So yeah, man, that's, it's, it's definitely something to look back and like, I'll never forget those years of just being as all in as I could have been at that time too. And you know, it's, it's special to sit here and talk about it and reflect on it. And, and like, I have a lot of things that I can attribute to that kind of season of my life that have molded me to the decisions Definitely. I make and my drive and, and just being smarter. And honestly, honestly, like even me and you and I connecting that comes from me realizing like, I got to maximize my time. Like, can Definitely. I learn all the stuff that you're helping me with on my own? Yeah. Probably take me, I don't know, foot 50 hours to, yep. to learn it, whatever it is. But it's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to maximize my time and put my my energy and my thoughts exactly where they need to be. And I want to work with people who can, you know, yes, hundred percent couldn't agree more. So let's, let's transition a little bit here and talk a little bit more about, um, your time as a gym owner, because you're no longer a gym owner. Nope. And, um, there's a lot of good things that you've had to say about being a gym owner. I'm just, I'm curious currently as a gym owner, like to hear your perspective in, in like, that time and why you've transitioned to a new profession and also like how you could have helped yourself if you went back in a time machine, you know, knowing what you know now. Sure. Uh, I'll start and say that I love being a gym owner. And if there was, if money was never an issue, uh, I think I would still be a gym owner. Uh, that I love my gym. I was in a partnership ownership and unfortunately just the, splitting income between uh, two partners is really tough and you just have to, the gym has to be doing extremely, extremely well. Um, and we just weren't there from a purely monetary place that I felt that I wanted to kind of make a decision to explore a new career, to be a little bit more comfortable income wise. 
Um, so that was really the driver. I know they say money isn't everything and, but I just was in a position where it was just kind of time for a change. Uh, the volatility of, of like the gym and the CrossFit market, um, was stressful, but I mean, I wish that money wasn't an issue and I could continue doing it to this day. Like I, I love coaching. I love helping coaches coach. Uh, I love the gym members. It's just, it just wasn't the right time for me. Mm. What would you say? Cause I know, you know, we, we've transitioned quite a bit in the yep. past two years with our model, right? I think when we first opened the gym in 2013, my perspective of what we were doing was like, yeah, we're, we're a CrossFit business, but I've come to learn and, and just, you know, my, my belief now is that CrossFit is just a methodology yep. and it's not a business model. Um, and so in the past two years, we've made a lot of changes to, to formalize, like, what is our business model and what is our methodology? Those are two different things. So Definitely. what do you, what, what is your, kind of your perspective from experience on like, is, is the CrossFit knowing that is CrossFit even, is it, is it something that's possible to be, um, providing or sustainable for like a livelihood, even in, in like somewhere like New Jersey, let's say from an ownership perspective. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I think, you know, you, you kind of said you wanted to ask me what I would have done differently if I was to still be, or like talking to my former self. I think the biggest thing is like business coaching and, and having a business mind. I think the natural kind of like path for people is I get into CrossFit cause I love it. I start coaching because I love it. I maybe want to be a gym owner because I love coaching so much. And then you realize that those are completely different hats, right? And you're this gym owner who has never owned a business. Maybe who's I, I didn't I'm just speaking for myself, never owned a business, didn't know how to run a business, but I loved CrossFit. So I was just like figuring it out on the go where I think if you are a good business mind, you can make it sustainable. Mm. Just having the, the right idea of what it takes to, you know, generate leads to close sales. Uh, you know, that's part of being a gym owner. Um, just like any other business, like I know CrossFit seems more personal and more emotionally invested, but at the end of the day, you gotta be able to keep the lights on and being a good business mind, I think is the number one, most important thing of running a business mm. that's happens to be CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, one thing, one thing that I do believe is the methodology of CrossFit is extremely powerful for someone, someone like your mom who's yep. still doing it to this day. Mm -hmm. So she's, you know, 12, 13 years into doing yeah. CrossFit and it's still helping, you know, maximize or whatever, make her life better per se. Right. Yep. Um, so it's definitely, it's definitely something that's not, I don't believe is, is unrealistic for anyone walking off the street. Uh, the, the one thing that I've struggled with as a gym owner over the years is, is just trying to realize that sustainability on the front of providing for a family or, you know, now we have a team of four coaches and I've, I have evolved my mindset to be like, I need to focus on coaching the coaches and yeah, providing exactly. for their families. Exactly. And there's nothing brings me more joy nowadays than when, uh, you know, our coaches are able to, to do things that adults can do yeah. and they don't feel strapped or they need a third job. You're creating careers, right? Yeah. Not just a job. Right. Yeah. It's, it's and that, and, and that's something that 22 year old me loving CrossFit as a coach like couldn't wrap my head around yet because I just didn't know I wasn't experienced enough in the business world to know that like I needed to get to that point. Mm. And that just comes with life and experience, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And like you're saying experience or lack of, uh, post-college ignorance. Or yeah. 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 <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. So now, now we're in this new role. So let's talk about your new role sure. uh, and what you're doing and, you know, just how has CrossFit really played a role in, in helping you in that role? For sure. Well? So I'm a financial advisor now. Um, I made the switch in about 2020. So went from gym owner to financial advisor. Always, like I mentioned, I always had a, a mind that I wanted to do something finance related. Uh, and this was kind of a good parallel to the gym world because in my mind, I went from helping people with their health and fitness to helping them with their uh, financial fitness, right? Being able to work one-on-one -on -one with clients and with families, helping them reach their goals, you know, whatever it's health related or fitness re or finance related. So those parallels really work for me and I get to, you know, really truly change people's lives in a different way. Uh, but it's very similar. So for me, it was a really easy transition. It's obviously different, like, you know, wearing, uh, you know, a suit to work versus, you know, gym shorts, but that's okay. And I'm okay with where I'm at. I just love working with people and it's, it's fun, honestly. When did the switch happen for you to realize like, ah, oh, man, I think I need a new career or something. Sure. Uh, there was a point, so I was about to turn 30 and I was like, am I going to regret not making a change in five years? And if I was like, if I was in the same spot in five years, would I re regret it? And unfortunately, just from like a, a purely monetary position, the answer was yes. So for me, that kind of turned the switch and said, okay, I need to look at other options just because I need to make money and provide. I mean, we were, we were buying a house. We had just got married. We were planning on having a daughter. So it was just like I had to provide. Mm. It was just as simple as that. Wow. In a perfect world, I think I'd still be owning a gym. Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe <laughs> one day. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, just from my experience with you thus far, it feels... Like, I feel like you're my coach. And I know in our emails going back and forth when we were, when we were first communicating, I, that was something I said to you. I was like, I need a coach. Yep, 100%. And, you know, thankfully I found a coach that I didn't even know coaches really existed with regards to the, yeah. in the finance space. To me, it's like if someone said, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll get you um, someone that can help you just kind of coach you through money and just planning for retirement and stuff like that. I would think of, I don't know, a guy in New York City with a suit and stiffy, like yeah, yeah. not a guy that I would train and compete against. <laughs> um, so there's definitely there's definitely things out there that, you know, I, I didn't know existed before with regards to finance. And I'm, I'm curious just to hear your mindset now because you're still coaching. Yep. And I feel that you're still coaching. So just, I guess, talk me through the process of, you know, you reached out to me. What is the process of even, you know, getting started with you and being coached sure. or... And I think this will kind of resonate with you and uh, what you're doing here at Motives is that it it's all comes down to a relationship. And my biggest goal is to help you accomplish what's important to you. So I, I think the first question I asked when we had our conversation is what is your biggest financial goal? And whatever that answer is to anyone else, you know, the, the common one is retirement, but there'll be college savings. What does retirement look like to you? Okay, I want to be on the beach and I want to be you know hanging out with my family okay well what if you get to retirement age and you didn't plan and you can't have those things like how does that make you feel mm. and I think asking those questions is powerful um, because someone realizes okay I want these things but if I don't take the steps to get there I'm, I'm not gonna have them and and that's a very powerful message just like in the fitness world I want to lose 50 pounds Okay, well, fast forward six months. Let's say you got to your wedding date and you're about to put your dress on or your suit on and not, you didn't lose the weight that you wanted to lose. Like, how would that make you feel? Well, that would, that would suck, mm -hmm. right? Well, we can take the steps today to help get to that point. Mm. So I think that it's all about relationship. 
finding out what's important to the person and then attacking those goals and, and putting a plan in place to reach those specific goals. Mm-hmm. Um, in the finance world, the steps are obviously different. You know, we're saving you know, dollars and making investments. And, uh, but in the fitness world, it's programming and program design and you know, working with a coach in that sense, but very similar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think also similar in a sense where like you and I, we have continued, uh, like coaching meetings quarterly. Right. And the, the point of that is that you're, you're always vigilant in looking for feedback from things that are going on in Danielle and I's life with regards to just savings and monies and whatnot. And the same thing goes on the fitness side, right? It's, it's seems too easy for you to be able to coach someone on this sense. You're just, changing the feedback loop information and the metrics that you're tracking in order to make decisions that work best yep. to, to close that gap, like you're saying. And I think, you know, as coaches, being an accountability partner is such a big piece of it because, uh, you know, it's easy or it's hard to do things alone and to have someone who has your best interest at, at, at heart to be next to you along the way makes a huge difference. Yeah. And no matter what you're doing. Yeah. The, the accountability side and even just because, you know, with that being said, I I've come across people, even clients that have come here and they're fully equipped with the experience and the resources. And I think the drive to be able to do it on their own, but yep. they'll straight up say to you, I know I do, yeah, but I need you. And it's like, well, that's my responsibility then in this partnership is for, for me to do that for you. Definitely. And, and know how to ask the right questions. I think asking the right questions is huge. Yeah. For sure. Because you, you uncover uh, more than what they even realized they were sharing, right? Like they might say, I wanted to lose weight, but there's a why behind that. There's a reason they're in here. It could be more than just a certain date on the calendar. Uh, and you get to uncover that with the right questions. Right. That's awesome. So I, well, how, how can people find you with even social media or sure, with your yeah. business? Uh, so Instagram and Facebook, I'm Corey Lunny. I think I'm C Lunny on Instagram, Corey Lunny on Facebook. Still posting monster workout <laughs> Yeah, I still, I still work out. I'm still in the gym uh, every day. Uh, much different time frame than it used to be, but I'm still there. Um, and then if you just Google my name, Corey Lunny, Ameriprise, uh, my financial advisor stuff will come up. Awesome. One last thing before we forget, you just reminded me. I want to talk about that mindset shift in the transition becoming a new dad, right? We yep. go, we go, let's say five years ago or even three, four years ago, three hours a day yeah. on average, five to six days a week in the gym. Now that average is much different. <laughs> much different. Uh, and again, there's another transition that's occurred. You know, you had a transition from college into CrossFit competitively, and now you have a transition from competitive CrossFit into dad still trying to maintain and, and defend the dad bod. That's right. <laughs> so speak on I, just your mindset and kind of some strategy that you found to work best for you in that. Yeah, sure. So yeah, like you said, it used to be three, four hours a day. Now it's one. Um, I used to never work out before like 1030 AM because I couldn't, I hated it. And now I'm in the gym at you know 630 every day in the morning before work. I still choose CrossFit programming because I truly enjoy it. I like the variety. I love to lift. I love to do Metcons. Um, but what's important to me is I choose that because it's what I enjoy doing in the gym. And obviously the side effect is that I'm getting fitter throughout. And I think that anyone should be doing what they want and truly want to do. And it should never feel like a chore. Mm. Um, I think that is such a important aspect of choosing like what your fitness path is, is if it feels like a chore and you hate it, you're not going to continue doing it. If it's something you truly enjoy doing, I know working out's hard for a lot of people, but finding something that you can 
at least reflect on that you enjoy like the result of it or you enjoy the, the aspect of doing a certain type of movement. Finding that is the most important piece because my time is more limited than it used to be. So I, I want to make sure I'm enjoying that hour. And True. for me, that's, that's still doing CrossFit training. Uh, for someone else, it might be different. But I think as long as you are enjoying it and, you know, being safe about it and not hurting yourself, then it's only positive benefits. I love all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and we would be doing a disservice to, to you and your family if we didn't talk about your daughter. Yeah. Olivia. What is her name? Olivia. Olivia. Olivia and Gia. Yep. They just need, they need two more teammates. That's right. And we already got our, our CrossFit Games uh, team set up. But how old is she now? 10 months. 10 months. Running around crazy. Wow. It's you're, you're like just getting to the... Yeah. To the so she was like, she crawled for about a day and then decided she wanted to be standing. So we were like, didn't even get like any free, like once she was mobile, she was mobile. And we were like, okay, here we are. So we had this giant playpen in our living room so that she doesn't get trampled by our two St. Bernards. Uh, and she just runs, runs around all day. It's awesome. Best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Truly amazing. Yeah. The best. Well, Corey, I appreciate your time. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? No, man. I really love being on the podcast. I, you know, love talking about this stuff. I could talk about CrossFit and fitness all day. So I really appreciate you having me. Awesome. Well, I look forward to having you back and, and maybe talking more specifically about, you know, just the work that you do now in, in the world of finance. I know the markets are getting crazy right now, yeah. but you know, that stuff is valuable, just as valuable for me and, and all of our listeners out there. I'd love to. Yeah. So if this podcast resonated with you today, uh, feel free to share it with your friends, family, or anyone that you feel like would benefit uh, from listening to core. Um, be sure to follow him on Instagram or, or Google him or reach out to him. If, if something we talked about today is like, oh man, I, you know, I, I need a finance coach. Core might be the guy for you. Um, and if you can't get in touch with him, I'm happy to connect you. Uh, I appreciate that. And make that work. Thanks, awesome, Corey. Man. Thank you.